Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. A number of our previous podcast guests asked about him, the LinkedIn guru. Did you have him on your podcast? No, you must. He is the best match for your LinkedIn Smart Podcast. So today, let me introduce you to a man who is called the LinkedIn guru by his peers. Great LinkedIn expert from Ohio, Jeff Young. Well, Jeff, uh, it's absolute pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you very much for coming. The pleasure is all mine, Vitek. I, I listen to some of your podcasts and, and I know most of the people that you've, you've done this with, so it's, a, it's an honor to, to be here and, and get to share some time with you. Good morning from me, uh, good evening to you. It's, it's, it, you are eight hours ahead of me, so that's the tough part about being in the Eastern time zone of the US. We're kind of the tail wagging that dog when it comes to all the other time zones around the world. We're behind. We start out behind. <laughs> Jeff, I would like to ask you, as I always ask all my all my guests on this podcast, you know, how have you started with LinkedIn? What is uh, what is your story with the LinkedIn? Well, thank you for asking. Um, actually, I've been on LinkedIn longer than most. I actually joined LinkedIn in May of two thousand four, and back in the day, I can prove it uh, because back in the day, the LinkedIn used to assign you a member number. And my member number was 594,697, so or something close to that. But the point is, I was in the first 600,000 people uh, joining LinkedIn. And now, what that got me was a really, really special email, which I didn't save, unfortunately, from Reid Hoffman, one of the founders of LinkedIn, that says, thank you for being one of the first million. Okay, well, okay, that and 450 will get you a good cup of coffee, you know, as well. But but it was great to be that that I was that I've been on it that long. So I've seen it change. I've seen it, you know, progress, and it really has progressed much, uh, very much over the over the years. Now, like most people, I was still working back at that, at that point in time, so I already had a job. So I didn't do anything with LinkedIn for about three years, and I didn't really start actually getting into LinkedIn until I retired. So I retired at the beginning of 2008. And when I retired, I decided that, hey, I wanted to continue to learn. I wanted to continue to network. I really wanted to stay in touch with lots of other professionals. And I asked my network, what's the best tool for me to do that with? And to a person, they said, LinkedIn. So I said, all right, well, if I'm going to actually use this tool, then the best thing for me to do is really start to get really familiar with it and know how to use it. And my thought process on that one was, well, the very first thing I really ought to do then is for me to learn it, maybe the best way for me to learn it is for me to teach it to other people. So I started teaching it to other people. And that began in 2008. And I've been teaching LinkedIn in a local environment. And now, of course, on Zoom uh, you know, as well, after COVID anyway, for 13 years now. And they call me, you know, the, the, I've got an intro video that one of my other connections helped me uh, create for this. They call me the LinkedIn guru, okay? And I don't want that to sound too pompous or, you know, et cetera, because when you look up guru in the dictionary, it means teacher. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's, I'm a teacher, okay? And I didn't call myself a guru to begin with. I actually, when I started teaching this, I taught about 
two seminars a month, which became four seminars a month, which became six seminars a month, you know, et cetera. And, and a lot of people came back to my seminars because LinkedIn wasn't even changing a great deal back then. And one of my good friends came up to me after one of my, after coming to like six or eight of my sessions. And I'm not really sure what that says about him or about me. If he came to six sessions, he's a slow learner. And if I had, it took me six sessions, I'm a bad teacher. I, I don't think it's either one of those. I, I think it's just a matter of, of, it takes that many times to actually get some things on LinkedIn. But he comes up to me at the end of one of my sessions and he points at me, wags his finger at me. And he says, you know what, Jeff? You're a real guru at this. And I went, guru. Oh, yeah, I really like the sound of that. So I really started using it a little bit. And when you looked up guru and it became teacher, that's perfect for me as well. Uh, because, uh, because a part of what I talk about is I'm a teacher. And I usually ask the question, what's your superpower after that? So that's how I got my start. And I really enjoy learning from other people and really enjoy teaching other people. It's amazing to me because I, I get paid some days when somebody will come up to me and, and say the words, hey, I didn't know it could do that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's payment enough for me. Right. So that's, that's actually quite, quite nice when I see your background, your virtual background with the Superman uh, behind <laughs> you, right? So, so those are the superpowers which you teaching uh, teaching to other people. And as you mentioned, you've been on the LinkedIn for so many, many, many years from 2004 was it a laugh in the first sight or was it kind of like a gradual romantic relationships? Let, let me put it that way. Um, I think it was gradual. Um, I, and, and I think it has morphed itself from its very beginnings. Obviously, very first started, it was really a recruiting site. Uh, it was not uh, monster.com to be very old. That's really old. Nobody uses monster.com anymore. But, uh, you know, not like that but it was a networking site that was for people who were looking for a job. That's all it was in the beginning. It has become so much more than that. Solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, marketing folks, anyone who is in business now knows that it is a great place for a professional to brand themselves. And that's what it's become. Yeah, I mean, you know, LinkedIn still gets a great deal of its money from recruiting services. I mean, LinkedIn sells product. When I give kind of a history lesson about LinkedIn, one of the things that people don't know is that in 2016, Microsoft bought LinkedIn. I'm sure you know this, okay? But one of the things that people don't know is how much Microsoft paid for LinkedIn back then. They paid $26.2 billion. That's a B, billion dollars. So Microsoft thought it was pretty important back then. And it has now been integrated into Microsoft's online Office 365 and all of those kinds of things. And, and that's kind of one of the things that has really, I think, enhanced it more than anything else is that it's broadened its exposure, if nothing else. I mean, back in the day, like I said, you know, being one of the first 600,000 people, now there are over 706 million people on LinkedIn. And it's growing by, I think it's two people every second of every day is the statistic that I still see. It's not going away. I just don't believe it's going away. And, and to me, it's gotten better and better and better because it's become a much better networking tool. It's become a much better showcase page, you know, as far as your profile and those types of things. It's a wonderful tool. And you know what? Here's another thing that's unusual about me. I've been on LinkedIn since May of 2004, and I have never paid for it. You don't have to pay for LinkedIn in order to make really good use of it as long as you learn how it works. 
Jeff, what do you personally like about LinkedIn? To me, it's really the best place to network. The thing that really floats my boat, if you will, as far as LinkedIn is concerned, is that I get to network with folks like you. You found me, okay, obviously through LinkedIn. Maybe somebody pointed you toward me, but you found me through LinkedIn. It is an amazing tool to find all kinds of people to talk to eight, 10, 12 time zones away. I talk with people on the other side of the planet all the time. I have a daily conversation with people in the United Kingdom, which are four, well, now it's only four hours, but it'll be soon five hours different than me. So, so you know, it, that's the amazing part about, that's the thing that I like the most. And it's, it's, again, one of the easiest ways to build your brand is just go out there and engage with people. You don't absolutely have to connect with everybody you see, but you really should engage with people that you want to have a conversation with and have some commonality with, because that will lead to connections and therefore lead to relationships and therefore lead to, you know, again, if you, if you actually get paid to do this, which I don't, if, if you get paid to do it, it'll lead to money as well. Here's an example. And I'm going to drop a name. I hope you don't mind. Okay. But he's an author and he's an internationally known author. You, you've probably heard of this guy. His name's Bob Berg. And he wrote a book called The Go-Giver. Mm -hmm. I am actually connected to Bob Berg. I never thought in my wildest dreams that that could ever happen. But his philosophy matches my philosophy. And therefore, he and I have actually made a connection on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. How much time actually do you personally spend on <laughs> LinkedIn? Because I know it can be, you know, sometimes you can get sucked in, right? And... Uh, so, so I would like to know, how much time do you spend on LinkedIn, Jeff? Well, personally, I probably spend four to eight hours a day on LinkedIn currently, okay? Now, where else would you expect to find the LinkedIn guru except on LinkedIn, right? Well, and, and now it's more, it's much more than it ever was before. And it's been that way ever since COVID, okay? Because now it's my only outlet. I mean, I'm locked down like most other folks. So I'm sitting here in, you know, in, in my home office and I got no place else to go except online in many instances. So I try to wean myself off of it occasionally because you, I, I'm not the kind of person that can sit for eight hours and do nothing but, but get involved in the, in the news feed, right? It, and it didn't used to be that way. You don't have to spend all day on LinkedIn to get really great things out of it. But I will guarantee you this, the more time you spend on LinkedIn, the more you will get out of it. It's just amazing about, about how that works. Mm -hmm. And way back in the day, I used to get, I, you know, I, I used to do seminars that were what I'll call as a teacher, butts in seats. I was in front of a crowd. Those people were actually sitting in, in, in an auditorium in front of me. Okay? And I used to get accused because at the end of a two hour seminar, people would come up to me afterwards and they would go, Jeff you really need a life <laughs> because all you ever do is spend time on LinkedIn. And I would go, no, 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 wait a minute. You, you missed the point here. Okay. I'm trying to give you tools that will allow you to do what you need to do on LinkedIn in 20 minutes or, 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 or so a day. Okay. And you can still do that, but the more you do, the more you get out of it. So, so, and I actually, as a defense mechanism, if you go out to my articles and look, there's an article out there that says five things you can do in 20 minutes a day or less. So you could spend that much time or you can spend more time. It's, it's, it's entirely up to you. But if, if you're looking to network with people, if you're looking to find connections, if you're looking to, to, to build a brand, then the more time, the better time. 
So Jeff, tell us what is um, how we can use the time on a LinkedIn effectively. You mentioned your article. Perhaps you can we can mention some some of those things or those tools or those tips which you're sharing with uh, with your uh, your audience. Certainly, I'd be glad to. The, I approach LinkedIn from what I call and have really been doing it this way for the 13 years. I had to have I had to have a way of telling people here's what you do first on LinkedIn, here's what you do second on LinkedIn, here's what you should concentrate on. Now, then, go on to this, etc. Okay, so I approach LinkedIn from what I call my three P's. Okay. The first P is profile, the second P is people, and the third P is participate, okay? So briefly, profile, that's your story, that's your brand, that's where you put what you offer, your value out there. And it's social media, so the more media you have on there, the better, and articles are a part of that, and posts are a part of that, and the, the kind of things that you put in your featured section now that that's there is a part of that as well. So maximize those things, okay? And your profile is your landing page for, for lack of a better term. You want people to land on that page and that's kind of where your base is, okay? Now, once you've got a base, once you've got a story to tell, you need to go on to the next P, which is people. You need to tell as many people as possible. So when I come from that perspective, that when I say people, I usually mean connecting with people. Okay, I usually mean networking with people. And when I start that process, I also start that one kind of as a building process. First of all, you should connect with the people that you know already. They're already in your network. They'll answer your phone call. So why not give them an invitation and, 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 and come, you know, come through that process? And every single expert that I've ever talked to on LinkedIn says, if you're going to send an invitation to someone, please do them and yourself a favor by writing a personalized invitation. This is one of the, the biggest pet peeves that people have with LinkedIn is because they, they allow people to send an invitation without actually saying anything about why you'd like to connect. Don't worry about it. If you learn how, it's easy enough done. So first, connect with the people that you already know, okay? The second part of people, the second part of the second P people is connect with people that you need to know. Now here's your opportunity to expand your network, to learn new things, to, to get your brand out there to more and more and more people. And that's where it, honest to goodness for me has gone global. You as a case in point, again, back to the fact that you're in Dubai and I'm sitting here in Ohio, USA, and we're talking and, and we're relating to LinkedIn because we both, I assume, love to use LinkedIn for what it can do for us. Okay, so, all right, so first P, profile, second P, people, third P, participate. And you know what? There is a reason why that third P for me is the only one that's a verb. It denotes action. You have to actually do something on LinkedIn in order to get things out of LinkedIn. So if you participate, and this is where the engagement comes in. This is where you actually participate by doing, by, by posting content. Okay, and I've got articles out there that talk about what would be the best way for you and how you be the most effective when you're posting content and what kind of content should you post. And it's actually called the anatomy of a LinkedIn post is my, one of my recent one of my recent articles. So that last one, though, is where the rubber really meets the road. It's where the action of participating really starts to gain you some traction in terms of building your brand, because now you can actually get involved in tons of conversations and find your tribe, okay, which, by the way, your tribe is just people of like mind. And, you know, there's an illustration here, too. I, I talk about this all the time. There are 706 million of your closest friends on LinkedIn. You're not going to be BFFs with every single one of them. 
Sorry, I used a Facebook term. I hate it when I do that. Okay, but be a, you're not going to be best friends forever with every one of them. So you need to find your tribe and you need to get involved with those people. There's a, there's a uh, I think is it called Dunbar's number? Have you ever heard of that, that that concept? I think Dunbar's number is a number that says, look, of all the people that you know, you're only going to know about 150 to 200 of them well anyway. Okay, so that's where the participate happens with that 100 to 250. Because yeah, I've got lots more connections than 200, but I can't really network with all of those. I can't buy them coffee every single month. Okay, I don't have that much money and I don't have that much time. So, so from that standpoint, you know, you can only network with the ones that you that are your core, if you will. Okay, and and LinkedIn supports this. I, I always describe networks like an onion. Okay, it has all types of different layers. Okay, but there's a core of people out there that you'll stay connected to forever and ever. And, and those are the people that you're going to build long, long term relationships with. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Jeff, you're talking about engagement, you're talking about how to reach out to, to other people, how to connect with them. I kind of feel that uh, nowadays, especially uh, during the, the COVID and all the pandemic situation, there's a lot of noise out there. And uh, sometimes people are coming to, to us and, and, um, and, or to me and asking me, you know, how to stand out, how to, how to you know, find my voice, you know, how to actually become somebody who will be noticed out there. What, what, what would you say to, to those people? Well, there's a couple of aspects to that one, okay? There are proponents that if you want to be noticed, then you're going to have to do something every single day. When I mean do something, that means you're actually going to have to post content every single day, okay? I found that's really not true, okay? I found that actually for me, I've built a rhythm. And, and if anybody looks at my profile, they're going to see in my headline that I'm all about C's as well as P's, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm about coffee, conversation, and occasionally chocolate, okay? Well, I'm about C's when it comes to standing out as well, okay? There, there's an, another article that I wrote out there that, that talks about, about it from this perspective. It's kind of the three C's as it relates to content, okay? So first of all, content. You should pick content that you know about. You should pick content that is interesting, useful. Somebody else might want to talk about it as well. If you're talking to yourself, it's not going to do you any good on LinkedIn. So the first C that I talk about is content is king. Okay, Have content that will make you stand out. And I think it's a really good rule of thumb is to start talking about content that you're knowledgeable about in the first place. Okay, You should be talking about content as far as podcasting is concerned, as an example, because you're good at it and you know what's going on. So that's where your, your, your audience is about podcasting. Now, obviously, providing the podcast is a part of that as well. All right. So content is king, but context, the second C is context. Context is King Kong. Okay. And make believe you're hitting me, you're watching me beat my chest when I talk about that one. Because context is where it really finds the audience. Again, content is king, but if you don't have an audience, there's nothing for you to do. So context is really where uh, you're going to make some real inroads in terms of finding somebody to talk to and engage with. Okay. And then the third C would be when, if you're trying to stand out, I think the third C has to be consistency. Mm-hmm. So content is king, context is King Kong, but consistency is King Kong's mother, okay? And I love using that illustration because every time I think, I, I think of King Kong getting his ear, you know, pulled and, and you know, he's being, being taken to the woodshed. The point being is that the consistency is where it pays off. 
because if you're there consistently, people will start to take notice. Mm -hmm. This is not an overnight success. If you're going to try to treat LinkedIn as a silver bullet and you post once and that's all you need to do, skip it. You might as well not even post the first time. So for me, that consistency okay, has ended up being twice a week. Okay? As a matter of fact, 24 hours ago, I just posted my normal tip of the week. So I've got two themes that I post each week. My first one, either on a Sunday or Monday for me, is a tip of the week, which I will post something about how to be effective on LinkedIn. And then on Thursday or Friday, I will also post what I call my hashtag guru good news. Okay. And that's usually focusing on someone else. I will highlight someone else that I think does a really good job at something. They don't even have to be a LinkedIn expert or anything along those lines. I, I, a lot of people with marketing backgrounds, a lot of people who are, you know, and, and again, that has a global flair to it too, because I, I highlight people from Scotland and the UK and, and uh, Australia, et cetera. But that one is the second one. Mm -hmm. So the point being here is that from a consistency standpoint, people could tell you that you could some, post something once a minute, or you could post something once a month. Neither one of those I don't think is the right number, okay? Mm -hmm. Because once a minute, you're just doing noise. And every single time you do that and you do it that consistently, you're going to post something, post something, post something, post something. Somebody's going to look at your post and go, oh, no, another post from Jeff Young. Shut him up, will you, somebody? Okay? And the other end of that spectrum is if you post just once a month, you gain no traction, okay? Now, there is an aspect of one of the ones that I do once a month. It's called a newsletter. I do a newsletter once a month on LinkedIn. That gets some traction because that's one of the new things on LinkedIn, as a matter of fact. We might want to discuss that separately because that's actually a form of an article that, that LinkedIn has really made uh, very useful uh, mm -hmm. to other people. So at any rate, whatever your rhythm is, you should find it. I'm not telling you that you have to post twice a week. I'm not posting, you know, because it, it, it's different for every single person. Sure. But find that rhythm, find that consistency, and that will actually get you noticed and because I really don't really want to actually ever test this, but I got a feeling that if I ever did not do a tip of the week, hopefully somebody would go, yo, Jeff, knocking on your door here, bud. What, where's your tip of the week, dude? Okay. I'm, I'm hopeful that would at least happen because there are so many people that actually tell me that they're, they're looking forward to that tip of the week. Right. Very, very interesting, Jeff. And uh, I wanted to also ask you about, um, you're talking about the, uh, the consistency, the content, context, all these kind of things. Did you find during your experiences or during your being on LinkedIn, what is for you the, the most appropriate content type? What do you like to post? Because there are so many different things, right? What we can post, we can post short posts, you know, video, this, that. What works for you and for your audience? For the most part, there's two types that seem to work best. And that is the, what, what they call short form posts, the, the actual post that goes into the feed. There's kind of two different tiers, if you will, of this. Okay, so let's talk about the sh short form feed and let's talk about like an article or I'll come back to newsletter and use that as a specific example. So the differences between them is that obviously short form, you get 1300 characters, period, end of subject. So that needs to be a, something like a tip of the week. That needs to have a short subject, maybe no more than three things, three things that you want to get across mm -hmm. in, in, in that kind of post and put it out there. And again, one of the differences in that kind of post is that it goes out there and it starts to scroll and it goes bye-bye very quickly, okay? And so if nobody notices it, nobody interacts with it, 
it kind of just lays there okay, and doesn't really get any traction. Now, fortunately, I've got a following. I've got enough of a following that that doesn't happen on most of my posts. So, so most of my posts get, get some sort of following and you, you can go through the process and I get a respectable to me. See, I, I'm not even going to mention the number, okay? Because a respectable number of views to me is different than a respectable number of views to anyone else, okay? Yep. So, but that's a useful post because that's that's something that you could do kind of ad hoc almost anytime you want, okay? I try to be consistent about putting that one out there and put it out there a couple of times a week, okay? The other end of that spectrum then, again, is the article and or slash newsletter, and I'll explain the difference, okay? That is one that is actually what I call sticky, that's a technical term, sticky. It actually stays on your profile. It can be featured on your profile. So could that post, but, but these are actually there in a list of articles. So whatever you've done, you've got a cadre now of subject matter expertise that will stay with your profile when it comes to an article, article and or newsletter. Mm -hmm. Now, the differences between an article and a newsletter, okay? Newsletter is something that LinkedIn is apparently rolling out to the entire world. So it will be there as a possibility for everyone now but it was by invitation only to begin with. Now they didn't invite me. I just kind of went to write an article one day and, I, and it came up and said, hey, how'd you like to do a newsletter? And here's, what do you got to do is fill in these blanks, give it a name, tell it how frequently you want to do this, you know, et cetera. Well, when LinkedIn you know, gave me that option, I took it because here was one of the major differences between an article and a newsletter. A newsletter you can subscribe to. An article you cannot. Mm -hmm. An article will be actually notification. LinkedIn will send notifications to your network that you have published a newsletter. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn will not do that for an article. Okay, so that's been a really huge boon to my productivity of being able to build a base of subscribers. I think I, I actually now have about 6,500 subscribers after posting three different you know uh, newsletter articles. So it's great. And that number continues to grow. And that's exactly, you know, this, this organic growth on LinkedIn is the right way to approach it. Hmm. If, if you're looking to go viral and all that kind of stuff, you're going to be wasting your time. Okay. It, the, the organic kind of growth is the best kind of growth. Mm -hmm. So the articles are, are, you know, can be highlighted and, and kept there. And by the way, I'm, I'm definitely going to feature every single one of my newsletter articles because that way someone might come back to it on my featured section mm -hmm. and they might actually hit the subscribe button, you know, et cetera. So those are the major differences. But now I, I'm not talking about con, you know, content from a subject matter expertise. You should be posting something about what you know in every single instance. And it, it doesn't always have to be about yourself. You mm. can be posting about what you've learned from someone else. As a matter of fact, my Monday post was about what I've learned from a gentleman I know in the UK. Yeah, and I gave him credit for the quote, but here's my tip about his quote. Mm. Okay? Mm. So it, it, it works well from that perspective as well. Uh, it, it's just a matter of, and again, the good news is that for free, LinkedIn is going to give you analytics about how well your post and or article are doing. So you can figure it out whether or not it worked or didn't work. And I guess the simple equation is if it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, don't go there as much. Okay. It, it's that simple. If you'd like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you.
you touched upon one uh, very interesting thing, and that's uh, kind of like a new things and new features on the LinkedIn, which LinkedIn is rolling out to usually parts of the world, and then you know they they're rolling it out to the to the rest of the rest of the world. They're like, for example, LinkedIn Stories or earlier in the year the LinkedIn polls. What do you think about these new features? Talking about stories, polls, and obviously you talk about newsletter. Yes, I, I think they're great. One of the things that I teach, as far as LinkedIn is concerned, is that I've learned two things about LinkedIn. LinkedIn loves to hide stuff, and LinkedIn loves to change stuff. So that's that's not necessarily a formula for success all the time, but but that's why I exist, okay? Because I'm there, and the group of people that I talk with all the time find stuff, find new stuff all the time, and I can tell people how to find stuff, okay, so quickly and so easily. It's just that stuff. Stuff that LinkedIn's got there, but they don't really realize. I mean, for example, if you want to know, as an example, something that LinkedIn hides, okay? Well, LinkedIn hides the help button, first of all. I mean, more than anything else, you know, you've got to remember that the help button is up there under me. Go up to me, you know, and I, I, I teach it that way. I said, look, if you're asking LinkedIn to help, who are you asking LinkedIn to help? Help me. Ah, there it is. It's under me. Go there, Okay. Another thing, for example, that they hide, which is an interesting, it, it's not a big deal, but they're not hiding mammoth things necessarily, but it's these little features, okay? So for example, if you want to know how long you've been connected with someone, go to their profile, click the contact information on their profile, and at the bottom, there's a connected date. It will show you the very date that you connected with. So I just I just did this with a friend of mine from Massachusetts earlier this morning, and she was talking about, you know, we, we've had a lot of fun together. And I went, yeah, you know, in January, you and I are going to have been connected for three years. And, you know, she said, how, do you, how did you know that? Okay. Again, I love hearing, I did not know it could do that. It's, it's, it's one of the ways that I get paid. Hmm. So there, there's the kind of things that, that, that are there. So I love the fact that they change stuff because they're always trying to improve. I don't like the fact that they hide stuff but that gives me something to do and, and, and really a good way to help people. Okay. So, so I, I, it works for me that way as well. What I, I hear a lot more of in terms of my LinkedIn brethren, if you will, you know, or, or sister and <laughs> brothers and sisters okay, is that they wish sometimes that LinkedIn would stop bringing out new stuff and start fixing some of the stuff that needs to work better. Okay. I wish they would get a little bit more introspective. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wish they'd stare at their belly button just a little bit more, <laughs> okay? And, and, and see if they could fix some of those kinds of things. Because honest to goodness, they just rolled out one that I haven't gotten yet. And that's another thing, that's a challenge as a teacher. I might bring up a screen and I show you a screen and your screen looks totally different than mine because you've got something that I don't or vice versa, okay? So it, it can, becomes a challenge as a teacher. But for example, one of the things that they just rolled out was what some people are calling the Beatles white album interface. The white interface. The, instead of the black bar at the top, it's a white bar at the top. I don't have that yet. I don't care if I ever get it, okay? Because all that did was change the look and feel. It did not really change anything as far as how LinkedIn works. Right. Okay? I'd much rather they spend time making sure that groups work, for example, hmm. than spend time changing the way that the user interface looks. Talking about changes and to what, what um, you would like uh, LinkedIn to fix, is there anything anything specific you would mention? You know, what, what would it be? There's um, a couple of areas. One of them I just did mention, which was groups. Mm -hmm. Groups still work, but they're 
kind of gasping for air, and they have been for some time. Um, groups are very, very good. For those who don't know what LinkedIn groups are, uh, they're just a, 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 an affinity, okay, where you can go find people of like mind and, and want to talk about a particular topic. That's really what a group is for. But groups have been kind of a red-haired stepchild, if you will, for, for, for some time now because of the fact that they don't have as much following and people, and there's not a lot of activity. And because there wasn't a lot of activity, what filled the gap of activity was spam. So people left groups in droves. Uh, I wish they'd fix groups so that there's actually more tools to manage the groups and allow a group owner to manage the group in terms of, of making sure that people are kept in touch etc. So that would be one of the things. Mm -hmm. The other piece that I would think that I really like LinkedIn to work on making work better is I, I know that there and you know those who are in the know understand a little nobody understands all about the algorithm okay and the algorithm is what feeds you what you want to see on linkedin and you know how to train the algorithm if you go out there and you actually like and comment on stuff you know that then if, if linkedin sees you've liked and commented on stuff it will give you more of it okay uh you know so for heaven's sake whatever you do don't go out there and comment on something you think is spam because you know linkedin looks at that and says oh you like this good i'll give you some more of it here's some more spam thanks thanks linkedin okay but for me, one of the things that used to exist on LinkedIn, a lot of old, old guys like me, on, old people on LinkedIn who've been around for a long time, go back to something that LinkedIn used to call Signal. Mm -hmm. Very old feature, but that feature said, I get to tailor, I get to pick and choose exactly what I see on my feed. Mm -hmm. And that would be a very, very effective way of getting exactly what you want to see on your feed if you could do it again. And literally, I would even think that that should go to topics of kinds of things, okay? Subjects or even hashtags. You could follow hashtags, but there's no guarantees out there. Notifications don't really work necessarily. I don't see stuff about a lot of hashtags I follow, okay? Mm. Uh, hopefully, people who follow my hashtag, hashtag the LinkedIn guru, okay, will actually see my stuff. But I don't think that that actually gives you notifications about it necessarily. Mm. So I'd love to be able to pick things that I actually do get those notifications for, even down to, and I've done this through the, the miracle of browsers and things called bookmarks, mm -hmm. even down to a person. I have about 20 people that I have bookmarked their posts page, and I go to their post page at least once a week to see what they've posted. Mm -hmm. That's my version of signal. Now, I wish LinkedIn would allow that to happen on a much more automated fashion so that your feed was actually filled with exactly what you wanted to see. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like me personally, I really would like um, LinkedIn to change the messaging box and, and just kind of like making sure that we can put it in folders, um, you know, organize it in some way or another, because it's just a big mess, really. You right. know, if you have a LinkedIn LinkedIn messaging box and you have a sales navigator messaging box and if you have a recruiter messaging, you know, it's just like, uh, it's really crazy. <laughs> you know, one of the typical things that I end up saying about LinkedIn is that LinkedIn giveth, LinkedIn taketh away, and sometimes LinkedIn giveth back, okay? And, and that would be one thing that I would love them to give back. I mean, one of the things that they give, did give back for groups, for example, which actually brought groups back to be a better tool is that you can actually go out onto a group and you can search for content on a group just specific to the group. That's been around for a while now. 
Okay. But that was way back. It was, it was there a long time ago. It disappeared for two or three years and now it's back. Okay. So one of the things that really worked better for me was actually having a LinkedIn inbox. We don't have a LinkedIn inbox anymore. What we have is a texting feature. That's it. Okay. And in that LinkedIn inbox, you could, you could send messages, you could receive messages. It was pretty much like email. Okay. One of the interesting things that was there before, here's a nice change that, I, that, that I'd love to, for LinkedIn to bring back, okay? One of the nice things is that you could send to multiple people, okay? And they won't let you to send more. To, you could still do that, okay? But now it's a text message to up to 50 people, okay? Well, in the old days, you used to send, be able to send an email, if you will, to up to 50 people. The cool part about it back then is that you actually had this thing called BCC, Okay, and I'm old enough to know that that actually used to stand for blind carbon copy. <laughs> now it stands for blind courtesy copy. You can't do that anymore. Okay, you cannot send a message to 20 people and have it BCC. Okay, because everybody's going to see everybody else's email. Everybody's going to see everybody else's listing. And of course, when someone replies, they reply to all 20 of the other people as well. So you're right. It's just not as effective as it used to be. It's more mobile. Okay, than it used to be, which is a, a direction that LinkedIn has been going in for some time as well. I'm not so sure I like that one either because I'm not a mobile kind of guy. But, you know, it's, I mean, I, I get it. My smartphone might as well be Vulcan mind melted to my head. I use it all the time. Okay. But I don't use my smartphone a great deal for LinkedIn because I'm much more effective on a desktop. That's okay. just my personal preference. Uh, Jeff, what do you see as a, an issue on LinkedIn in terms of, of the interaction between people? Is it the ever spamming people or, or what, what gets under your skin? What gets you frustrated on LinkedIn from this perspective? More than anything else, it's someone who's posting, someone who's engaging, someone who's putting anything out there that is content that is salesy. Okay. You know, LinkedIn, yes, is a great sales tool but it is a great sales tool from the build the relationship first and then you can sell to people, okay? There's a quote that I'll use that I've heard from lots of different people, but the latest time I've heard it was from a person in, in Australia is trust precedes transaction, okay? So don't sell on LinkedIn. Don't be a salesy person who, I mean, you know, every time I, I see one of those messages, I get the old thing that you used to see the guy on the corner in the, in, in the trench coat and he'd roll up his sleeve and go, you want to buy a watch? Okay. Forget it. That's just not going to work folks. That's not social selling. Okay. So from that perspective, don't go there, just build a relationship and then the sales will happen naturally. My best friends who've ever, who've ever succeeded in sales are the ones who have done it that way. Mm. build a relationship, and then the sales just happen automatically after that. Mm. Jeff, I've noticed that you, over the last, uh, I think I think three years, you mentioned that you, you organized more than 200 free LinkedIn seminars for your audience, uh, which is absolutely fantastic number and, you know, hats off to, to you. And uh, and then you, you keep saying that you basically, you paid in three C's, right? Like that's, that's on your, that's on your profile, right? Like coffee, conversation and, and occasionally chocolate. I wanted to ask you, what's the like the most common question which usually people ask you during these seminars? Is there any common theme they, they want to know? Yeah, uh, pretty much every single seminar I've ever done, someone will ask me, should I pay for LinkedIn? Okay. Now, I got to tell you right up front, on my profile, you're going to see this as well. 
I do not work for and I am not associated with LinkedIn or Microsoft in any way, shape or form. Okay. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I've been on LinkedIn since 2004 and I've never paid one red penny for it. And I don't plan on it. Now, there are reasons to buy LinkedIn. If you're a recruiter, yeah, probably. If you're in sales, probably. Okay. So there's recruiter, there's sales navigator. If you're a business person, Okay, and you want to spend a, a few bucks. And I really, it's not that expensive. Okay. Even the business package isn't really that expensive. I, I think it's 60 something dollars a, a month. Okay. So there are reasons to buy LinkedIn if you're in those instances. But most of the people that come and ask me that question, I go, what is it? What is it you're trying to do with LinkedIn? If you want to network, if you want to build a network, if you want to build a brand, well, no, you don't necessarily need to buy LinkedIn. Okay. And, and, 95% of the people that ask me that question, I got to tell you, VTech, 95% of those people haven't even scratched the surface of what you can do for free on LinkedIn anyway. So I don't mean to be mean or anything like that, but I got to ask the question, how do you think paying for it is going to make you any better at it? Okay. Just work on it and figure it out. And by the way, you'll get something out of it and it won't cost you any money necessarily. Okay, so that's usually the question I get asked is, should I pay? And I unfortunately have to give folks the consulting answer. It depends. <laughs> but for me, it's no. I've never paid, probably never will. Jeff, before we wrap up today's talk, I would like to also ask you one question which uh, is on my mind. And uh, I, I kind of like, I would like to know what makes you happy? While you're doing a lot of rework, getting people together, explaining, uh, teaching them about LinkedIn, what makes you really happy? Well, being the LinkedIn guru, guru means teacher, guru equals teacher, okay? And I introduce myself by, you know, by saying, hi, I'm a teacher, what's your superpower, okay? And that's why, you know, the boy in blue is my background here. That's why Superman is my background. That's my superpower. I, I haven't been a teacher my entire life. I, I would spend a great deal of time being a project manager, which is a form of teacher, but when I finally found, there, there's a quote that I'll, I'll make from uh, an American author who's long, long, long ago uh, gone. Uh, it's Mark Twain. Okay. He said, there are two important days in your life. The first day is the day you're born. The second day is the day you figure out why. And my why is being a teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that has been my why since probably 95 ish. Okay. In one form or another, while I was working for a corporation or while now that I'm retired and teaching is really just what I would love to do. I have so much fun at it and I'm lucky enough to be economically viable that I don't need to get paid for it, which is why I, you know, part of the reason that I do it as a volunteer now is that I used to be on the road 85% of the time and I never got to do anything in my local community and got to volunteer for the local organizations and nonprofits and those kind of folks. So I didn't have a community life. Now I do, and I'd, I'd rather give back by doing it that way. So, so that's what makes me happy, being a teacher. Awesome. Jeff, thank you very much for making your time and, uh, and being on the show. It was absolutely fantastic. And I'm pretty sure we could carry on for another hours and hours. And if I may, I will try to come back to you some, you know, in, in, in near future and we can record another episode because there are so many other things we can still touch upon and we, we haven't talked about. Before we go, Jeff, where can someone go to find you? And one last thing, what is the namaste thing? Because um, I listened to your audio audio message 
on the LinkedIn and uh, there is always Namaste with you, right? Yes, indeed. Namaste is something that a friend of mine from India taught me, okay? It matches my philosophy of being a teacher and guru, okay? Uh, what else would a guru say except, you know, namaste? But basically, it is a phrase that, that says, the spirit in me honors the spirit in you. And I, I use that as, a, as the traditional Indian greeting. And so that namaste fits with the teacher just as much as anything else because of the fact that that's what I'm trying to do for folks is honor the spirit in them by teaching them something. So that's where that comes from. It's become a part of my brand now. Perfect. And as far as finding me, obviously you can find me on LinkedIn. Please go look me up on LinkedIn. There may be quite a few Jeff Youngs, but you should be able to find the LinkedIn guru out there. And oh, by the way, if you want lots more of my content, that's the best thing to do is just go out to Google and do a search for hashtag the LinkedIn guru. I had to change it to the LinkedIn guru because LinkedIn guru was already taken. But it just uh, never ceases to amaze me how a brand can be built on LinkedIn with just one hashtag. Mm. Because that, that if you go out to hashtag LinkedIn guru, the LinkedIn guru on, on Google, you'll find about three pages worth of stuff. And it's all my stuff. It just <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me. So thank you for asking. And thank you so much for having me here. I, I, as I said, I've, I've listened to a couple of your other podcasts and they were always informative and I had a ball. Thank you. It, it, it was a great way to start my week. Jeff, thank you very much once again for your time. And it was absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.